0: Thank okay. you. Come on, everybody say, Acts. Everybody say, Remember, remember, remember what you've been forgiven of by God. Number two, reflect on how Jesus forgave those who killed him and all of us of our sin. In Luke 24, Jesus said, Father, from the cross, while he's dying, while people are making fun of him, mocking him, putting a spear in his side, putting wine to his mouth, telling him that he's a heretic. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, reflect on how Jesus forgave people and even said they're ignorant of how much pain they've caused. Because some of us in the room, we go, they know how much. No, people don't fully know how much pain they've caused. They don't. We don't. Jesus says, I forgive them because I believe They don't even realize what they've done. Reflect on how Jesus forgave those. If Jesus forgave, if anyone in the room has been crucified before, then you can maybe be on the same side. But none of us in this room have ever hung on a cross before. Yet Jesus did. And in hanging on a cross, he forgave people and even said they know not what they do. Thirdly, how do I forgive? I recite the Lord's prayer and I pause on the part about forgiveness. I just get there and I go, Lord, forgive me as I forgive. And again, it's a process. I got to keep saying it. I got to keep speaking it by faith. Forgiveness is a faith act, by the way. Doesn't mean you have to feel it. Doesn't mean that it's all perfect, but you just go by faith. I forgive them by faith. I release them. Number four, I release the need to see people suffer or pay for. I want the band to come out. I release the need to see people suffer or pay for it. Some of us in the room, we would go, I forgive them, but I want to see them suffer. I forgive them, but I need to see them die for what I want them to burn in hell for what they did. Y'all are like, he is being way too honest up on stage. If I don't talk about it here, CNN's going to keep talking about it with another shooting. Fox news is going to dissect it. And I think the church needs to really dive into where do all of these murderous thoughts come from? Where, do all, where does all of this hostility, where do all the church splits and the division and the strife, what got the book of Acts, what got them the blessing of God and what caused the pain to happen in their church? It was all anger, unforgiveness. Even when later on in, in the book of Acts, Paul has a dispute with Mark. They literally get in like this fight. They never want to talk to each other again. They're just like, I'm done, right? And Barnabas is fighting for their hearts to be reconciled to each other. In the book of Acts, there's moments where the disciples get in sharp disputes with each other, with other religious leaders. There's hurt, there's anger, there's strife. And Jesus said, there's going to be offenses. it, It is inevitable to go to church, to be around flawed humans, flawed Christians, and not experience hurt and offense. That's going to happen. But what you do with it will determine the blessing you walk in or the blessing you reject. Ultimately, unforgiveness keeps us in chains and when I have unforgiveness I'm literally wrapping myself up up in chains and drew this time I'll put it on you instead of Tim Tim's like not me again will you hold this side and I'm saying man I want to move forward I want to go forward into God's calling here's what bitterness does it entangles me it entangles me and I'm trying to move forward I want you to just pull drew I'm trying to move forward towards my destiny, but I'm still chained to my history of what someone did to me. Paul, I'm trying to move forward. I just can't figure out why I'm not happy. Just can't figure out why why all my relationships are, are not good. I can't figure out why I can't be peaceful. I can't figure out why I can't sleep at night. In Acts chapter eight, there's a guy who gets saved, Simon the sorcerer. And he tries to pay to get the power of God. And Peter rebukes him. He says, you cannot buy the power of God. It is not for sale. But then he says this, go to eight, chapter eight, verse 20, 24 actually. I don't have my, my Bible's over there. (laughs) Verse 23, no, no, no. Don't let me get it, Drew, keep me back. There it is. Peter says this, I see that you are in the gall of bitterness. Your version might say, your heart is trapped in bitterness. John Bevere calls offense the bait of Satan. The, the Greek word for offense is scandalon, which means a trap. It is a trap to carry an offense towards people to carry hurt, to carry on, and it traps you and it chains you. So you can't move forward. The only way to get out of the gall of bitterness, the only way for these guys to be free of greed and hurt. Anger says, you owe me, you owe me. The only way to be free of the, you owe me mentality is to say, no, you don't owe me because Jesus has paid the price. He's paid the price and I forgive you. And I receive his forgiveness. As much as I need it, I've got to release it. You no longer owe me. Anger says, you owe me. You owe me an apology. You owe me my life. You owe me a year back for what you stole from me. And yet forgiveness goes, no, no, that was a painful year. But God used what the enemy meant for harm to do something deep inside my spirit. And and what was supposed to end me, what was supposed to kill me, what was, I got unwrapped. I got un." Raveled from the chains of my past, so I'm no longer attached to my past. I can now move forward. Forgiveness sets you free. Forgiveness unlocks your future. Forgiveness unlocks. Watch what happens in in Acts chapter seven at the end of Stephen's life. I'm almost done. Give me like one more minute Um, at in verse 57 at the end of Stephen's sermon. The religious people covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices, unhinged, This is we're we're in the we're in an age of outrage. People have lost. They no longer have a short fuse. They don't have a fuse at all. Whether it's on social media or in real life action, we're seeing this play out the age of outrage. They dragged Stephen out of the city. Witnesses of the shooting said there was murder in their eyes. You could feel the anger in their eyes. We just prayed for a family who just lost five kids to a homicide in Houston, Texas, because someone walked into a house and killed five people all in the same family. A 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old, a mom and a dad. The age of outrage has plagued so many people. Anger has gripped people. They dragged Stephen out of the city and they begin to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses were laying their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen looked up to heaven and said, God, receive my spirit. He fell on his knees and he cried out. I wonder if Saul was listening what Stephen would say. If Stephen would scream, Lord, make them pay for what they did. Send them to hell for this. Make them die for this. Make their kids, you know, like Davidic psalm prayers. Make everybody pay for this. But instead, Stephen says, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. What if Stephen's forgiveness was a seed towards Saul's future? What if Stephen's forgiveness was what would later unravel Saul's heart of bitterness so he would become the most influential writer in the the New Testament, writing 13 books. Saul would later become Paul the apostle, and I believe this moment where he witnessed Stephen forgiving his killers, forgiving those people who had rushed him out of the city. When he saw this, something was happening. I want you to stand your feet all over this room. You have no clue what forgiveness will do, not just for you, but for for everyone around you. Forgiveness is a gift to your life more than it is a gift to the person who hurts you. Forgiveness is not really a gift to someone who lets you down. Forgiveness is a gift to you. Forgiveness is setting a prisoner free only to realize the prisoner was you all along. It was me. Forgiveness builds up my mercy trust fund for the times in my future that I'll need forgiveness. We don't know when we're going to need it, but someday we will. And if we sow good seeds of mercy, we'll reap a harvest of mercy. I just felt like God wanted me to just finish the sermon with this story. And um, I put it in my notes here. In Spain, there's a famous story, true story told of a father and a son who had gotten so angry at each other, they stopped talking for years, decades past. The son had moved far away from the father. And one day the father found it in his heart to forgive. He set out to find his son. He searched for him for many months with no success. Finally, in desperation, the father took out a newspaper ad and he put it all over Spain. And the ad on the front page said these words in big bold letters, dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon this Saturday all is forgiven, I love you, your father. On that upcoming Saturday, 800 men named Paco showed up in front of the newspaper office looking for forgiveness from their father. How many Paco's are just waiting for a dad to say, I forgive you, son. And why do we hold it back dads? Don't we need forgiveness from God? And how many fathers are waiting for a son to say, I forgive you, dad. Sons don't we need forgiveness? How many daughters, mothers are just waiting for someone to say, I forgive you. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing to hearts and homes today, God. Just begin to drain out the poison, do heart surgery right now in this service. I pray, God, that you would pull out every weed, everything, every stone that's been sitting in our hearts. From what happened when we were young, what happened when we even in the last week, what happened even this morning on the way to church. I pray, God, that we would be a church that is free of bitterness, Lord, a church that is full of love, acceptance, forgiveness, a church, God, that welcomes home the sinner. God, a church that chooses to walk in grace and mercy, lifting people up, getting down in the dust and saying, go and sin no more. Where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn you. I pray in Jesus' name. God that we would walk in that mercy you preached about in the Beatitudes blessed are the merciful blessed are the peacemakers blessed are the meek in heart blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are those who hunger and thirst in righteousness blessed are the Stevens blessed are those who say do not hold this sin against them oh God I pray that we would be full of radical forgiveness spirit I pray God that you would birth the fruits of the spirit love joy peace patience forbearance with one another Kindness, gentleness, self-control, God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone in the room today that you just say, I need to let go of some things. I need to surrender some things at the altar. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you're here today and you say, I need forgiveness. I need God's mercy. I need God's healing in my mind and heart. I've been walking through some things. I need to forgive some people who have hurt me. I need to get on a path of forgiveness. I'm not saying it's just going to be a one time thing. I'm just saying maybe today is a step on the journey, a step towards healing, a step towards reconciliation, a step towards hope, a step towards restoration. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand all over this room. You're saying, I need to show forgiveness. I need to receive forgiveness. I need to extend mercy. I need God's healing in my heart. If you raised your hand or you wanted to, would you leave your seat? Come and join me at this altar. If you got to run down here, if you got to walk fast, if you got to bring a family member, bring a son, bring your great niece, bring your aunt, bring your uncle, bring your wife, bring your husband, whatever you got to do to say today, I want the Holy Spirit to start healing areas in my heart where there has been unresolved conflict where there's been unresolved anger where there's been resentment where there's been stones that have been sitting there for years today today God I am releasing it today God I'm reciting the Lord's Prayer today I'm remembering the the mercy that I need and today I'm choosing to exhale to breathe out to let it go today's the day of healing Maybe you're here right now and you just say, I need to get right with God. I need to get down to that altar. I need prayer. I'm walking through some stuff. Come and join us. Maybe the sermon wasn't even for you today. It was for someone you know. But today you're here at church for such a time as this. And God is calling you to get right with him. If you need to surrender your heart to Jesus, come and join us at this altar. If you're here today and you say, man, I have never given my heart to the Lord. I want to get saved today. Come and meet us at the altar. Come on. God is moving in this service right now. Let's just take a few minutes before we dismiss just to let the Holy Spirit minister to those at this altar, in the room, online. Yeah, let's just sing this to God. Just take a minute just to worship Him.
1: Your mercy triumphs over judgment. Love wider than a stronger than all sin.
0: His kindness is leading you to repentance. I just hear God saying I'm going to rewire the memories of what happened this is what happened with Joseph when he started forgiving his brothers he said this he said you betrayed me but God gave me the grace to forgive you You sold me as a slave but now I see that God was sending me in front of you. You meant harm for me but God turned it around for good. You you thought you were going to end my life with this but God used it to purge me, to purify my character. There were things that I needed to work on and it's no longer your fault. I don't hold it against you. There was a girl who whose dad had abused her and had done so many hurtful things to her and she got saved when she was 17, left her her house and moved away and 10 years went by and finally her dad got saved. I was telling the story last night, this young girl was responding to that, but her dad got saved in her late 20s and called her and said, honey, I'm so sorry for what I did to you. I ruined your childhood. And he's just weeping. He says, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Finally, he stopped talking and she said, dad. I forgave you. The day I gave my heart to Jesus, I started down a path of forgiving you. It's taken me a long time. She said, If I didn't answer this call, it would have meant that I didn't forgive you. But I answered this call and I'm still on the phone because I have chosen to forgive you. And her dad said, What can I do to pay you back? I'll do whatever I can to pay you back for the years that I ruined your life. She said, Dad. It's too much for you to pay. Jesus paid it all. Jesus has paid the price that you cannot pay. <laughs> Some of you have walked through horrendous pain at the, at the cost of other people. It has hurt you so bad. They don't even have the ability to pay you back for what they've done to you. But today, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to get you on this path of forgiveness, you can begin to say, Jesus, you're paying the price. The blood of Jesus stands between you and that hurt. And now that hurt, that pain is being removed as far as the East is from the West. You you still remember it, but you don't remember it with the same anger, the same hostility. Now you remember it like Joseph, the devil meant harm, but God turned it around for good God gave me a testimony to help other women God gave me a testimony to help other men God used this to change some things in my life he's not the author of the pain but he is the healer he's the one who knows how to rewire the memory he's the one who knows how to get into the the brain cells and the emotions and instead of me looking back with anger and revenge now I look back with grace and forgiveness and compassion and now I'm involved in a healing process in other people's journeys Because of what the Holy Spirit has done in me, I'm able to help other men, other women. God says this isn't just for you, this is for your children and your children's children and future generations. Today, Lord, I pray, God, that you would begin that process in our hearts. I just feel to pray for anyone in the room today that says, Paul, I'm not right with God and I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. I need to give him my heart. If that's you, raise your hand. Today's your day to receive salvation, forgiveness. This is your day, new beginning. Man, I'm so thankful for what God is doing. He is saving lives in these services and online. I want us to pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I repent of my sin. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the dead, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to forgive those who have hurt me. Holy Spirit, produce in me love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, compassion, forgiveness. I'm all yours, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ashley, you got something?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking about those of you down here at this altar, as well as those of you who maybe didn't respond, but you recognize there's stones in your backpack, and this is such a great first step. And honestly I wish that I could help um, pay for every single one of you down here to have professional counseling because the reality is is there are some major stones in our life that we really cannot deal with on our own and there's some specific situations we have these moments of responding to the altar and Paul mentioned the trauma that's represented but man when it's when it is When it hurts, it is so difficult and it is easy to get confused of what we do with our hurt because it's so personal. It's so personal. And then when we don't know where to go, we just hold it in. And I think this is an incredible first step to, to remind or to step out of your seat. What you just did down at the altar, you, you took a major step when we're dealing with hurt, we feel like we're at A and we see Z, but we actually don't know how to get there. And it's okay. You just went from B to C, from C to C. D. and sometimes what happens I know I'm not the only one I respond in a moment I forgive God I recognize I cannot receive your forgiveness if I don't forgive but what happens is you wake up tomorrow and you're reminded of your hurt and because you're hurt you feel like you didn't forgive but can I tell you just because you forgive it doesn't mean the sting went away it just means some multiple moments like Paul was saying today we have to choose to I forgive fill in the blank I forgive fill in the blank there's moments where people I feel like I forgave and then there's moments where I hear sermons like today I'm like man it does still sting and I have to say it in my seat I forgive this person because what the devil wants you to what the devil wants to do he wants you to misinterpret your hurt and he wants to convince you oh you didn't forgive them no don't allow the devil to steal what God is initiating in this moment just because you have to keep saying I forgive it doesn't mean that you're not on a path of forgiveness and so there's just a few things that I want to just tell you down here just to help you as much as I would love to be like hey everybody I think we all need a lot more therapy than we would like to admit and the reality is I know that's costly but we have we talked about today we have some incredible groups we have some groups led by some professional counselors one of them uh ethel down here leading grief recovery i mean that is huge grief i lost my mom whether it's loss of of moms or whether it's loss of friendships whether it's loss of time whether it's loss of whatever it is grief the cycles of grief is the same And the reality is, is most of us get stuck in a step of grief. And we need lifelines to pull us out. We have another one led by Pastor Maria Younger on Wednesdays and Sundays, a professional counselor. It's labeled overcoming addictions. And that can be like, oh, I'm not addicted. But the reality is sometimes we really are addicted to pain, addicted to victim mentalities. And the reality is, is because we don't know how to get out. Can I tell you one of the best advice that I've ever gotten when it comes to dealing with pain is to buy the cheapest journal you can possibly get. A lot of us girls, we like to go get the, che- the, most, the cute ones. But the reality is the cute ones, we don't really completely vomit on there because we don't want to mess up the pretty papers and we want it all together. But just buy a 99 cent dollar general notebook and just release the emotion. Get it out. Because can I tell you, when I feel stuck, it's because I'm not releasing the emotion. Because I feel bad for it. Because I should be over it. But you have, you can't just like... Paul mentioned today forgiveness is a process it's not just an event but the reality is it's sometimes it's easier it's difficult I don't want to undermine what you did at the altar today or undermine your steps but can I tell you that a lot sometimes it's easier to respond to a moment but actually forgiveness is the day-to-day work on your heart and your soul that's what's hard church that's what's hard the everyday day-to-day work of your soul but can i tell you it's worth it a healthy soul is worth the work that you have to do to to tend to the gardens and the weeds of your heart because can i tell you there are moments where i in a respond to an altar in a church service and it was like man i am a professional weed whacker i was just just whacking those weeds in my heart the enemies of the heart and it feels great and then i wake up and it's like the amazon jungle again all over again in my heart it's the work of the soul god i forgave them i forgave them so releasing that emotion because what happens church can i tell you church it's so heavy on my heart my prayer, our prayer is that we would not just grow in spiritual maturity, but that we would grow in emotional maturity. And the reality is, is that church, we can get so used to quoting scriptures and that's great. You should do that. But that courage from Christ should be, should be uh, uh, it should be seen in our everyday ability. It takes courage to confront pain. Can I tell you, it takes courage to confront issues in our heart. But if we cannot suppress those emotions, did you know that that depression is just suppressed anger? If you can't find right places or learn how to release those emotions, get it all out, what happens is bitterness is just suppressed, unsuppressed pain but you gotta get it out, you gotta write it out. But we have a heavenly father who's not gonna judge your Davidic prayers and issues in your journal because if you can't get it out with your heavenly father, you're gonna take it out on someone else. You got to be able to get it out with your heavenly father on that journal. Get it out. Not suppress the pain. Not feel like, God, I should get over this because I've been a part of the church for however many years. No, it hurts. It hurts. You have a heavenly father that empathizes with your pain. And he's not saying forgive and just get over it. No, he wants to walk you through a process. He really does because so many of us in a church have a false view of God that is saying, hey, forgive, forgive, well, forgive and get over it. And so then we just feel like God is asking us just to act like everything's okay and that it didn't hurt. No, he's not asking you to deny. He's not asking you to ignore your pain. He's saying, I want to be invited into the painful spaces and I want to help you walk through it. But because as believers, as people, we don't know how to walk through it. We just go over it. We just go under it instead of walking through it. But church, we're going to walk through some things. And the Lord is gonna teach us and we're gonna call on lifelines to do that and so just again some practical steps out of this because I know sometimes we can't maybe sign up for some professional counseling maybe it's too expensive but I have to tell you every day you have to choose to say out loud i forgive this person i forgive this person because what's going to happen is you're going to be triggered by something it may have nothing to do with that specific situation but you're going to be triggered and you have to know i'm on a forgiving path i forgive this person and then journal it out dollar general is going to go out going to run out of journals after church because y'all are going to go get them and you're just gonna or the victory bookstore i'm sorry but you can't you can't yes if you have an extra dollars you can do that but it's just hard to be a dollar general it's a dollar you know what i'm saying and so just write it out this person this person about god whatever it is release the emotion it's amazing what happens when you release that emotion instead of suppress it and then get involved in a group get godly people around you to help you sort out your stones just because you have these stones you cannot deal with it on your own you need somebody who doesn't have skin in your game in your life say no let's let me sort this no that was hurtful let me empathize with that pain and church let's get better at empathizing with each other let's get better at having empathy and and being there and feeling the pain and grieving with those who grieve and rejoicing with those who rejoice and then surround in prayer but let's fill the emotion with them let's fill because there's healing with that so I just felt so impressed I'm so amazed what God wants to do here Um, but in my heart for us to grow not just spiritually but emotionally we've got to have some practical tangible grips because what happened right here is absolutely amazing the sermon today was so was so good and I don't want the devil to try to steal it because he's trying to convince you that just because it still might hurt that nothing happened because absolutely something was initiated this morning
0: Amen. You just brought it home. Come on. Thank you, Ashley. How many of y'all received that today? All right. We love you. God bless
1: you.